All right, uh, glad you're with us. Welcome aboard 800 Sean, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza, you know, there's a, there's a song by Tim McGraw, and it's called Live Like You're Dying. Such a great song. And it's like, we have all these great plans in life, and then something just hits you so hard, it just, it makes us all pause. And honestly, I had an entirely different show booked for the whole day, and I was listening to the end of Russia's show, and he made this announcement, and it's that moment. It just hits you on a dime. Um, I don't think talk radio would ever be anything like it is, or I'd be here if it wasn't for all that Russia's done. Now, I want to be very clear. Rush announced uh, at the end of his program today that he has stage four lung cancer. It's being treated. Just said, I'm, I just need to be honest with your audience. So incredibly stoic um, and courageous because uh, just, you know, like everything else he's ever done in his career, inspiring, and he's always forged a path. Um, he said good news that he didn't have any symptoms, which is good. Um, just something that he noticed and they picked up on it. Uh, I know every single one of us now taking and absorbing this, we've all lived through this. Probably everyone listening, and if you haven't, thank God you haven't. I hope you never have it. When you get a call at 3 o'clock, 3.30 in the morning, and the phone rings, and you know it's never going to be good unless it's a bet, you know, unless it's a call that, you, you know, wasn't for you. It's never going to be good. Um, I find sickness and all of it associated with it. Now, my three sisters were nurses. My brother-in-law is a doctor. Uh, I know more. I have two of my best, best, three of my best, best friends in the world are doctors, two brain surgeons, literally. And, uh, you know, my own personal doctor, I can call him at four o'clock in the morning and he'll come over to my house. Um, and doctors are amazing people. And, but. It is, it just hit me like a dime, like a ton of bricks, like a Mack truck. I don't, whatever cliche you want to use, that's it. Um, I just, as he said, let me, let me just let Rush say it in his own words. The one thing that I, I know about Rush, his brother David has been my agent for my entire career. Now going back 30 years. Uh, I know his family. I, I know him. Uh, his niece is one of the best workers we we have on our team. Uh, I love this family. They are incredibly brave people individually. And but let me just let Rush say it in his words, just announcing it mo- moments ago. I have been diagnosed with advanced lung cancer. Diagnosis confirmed by two medical institutions back on January 20th. Uh, First realized something was wrong on my birthday weekend, January 12th. And I wish I didn't have to tell you this. And I thought about not telling anybody. I thought about trying to do this without anybody knowing because I don't like making things about me. But there are going to be days that I'm not going to be able to be here because I'm undergoing treatment or I'm reacting to treatment. 
And I know that that would inspire all kinds of curiosity with people wondering what's going on. And the worst thing that can happen is when there is something going on and you try to hide it and cover it up, it's eventually going to leak. And then people are going to, why didn't you just say it? Why just did it? Why, why do you try to fool everybody? And it's not that I want to fool anybody. It's just that I, I don't want to burden anybody with it. And I haven't wanted to. Um, but it is what it is. And you know me, I'm the mayor of Realville. So this has happened. And my intention is to come here every day I can and to do this program as normally and as competently and as expertly as I do each and every day because that is the source of my greatest satisfaction professionally, uh, personally. I've had so much support from uh, family and and friends during this that it's it's just it's it's been tremendous and i told the staff today that i have a deeply personal relationship with god that i do not proselytize about but i do and i have been working that relationship <laughs> tremendously um which i do regularly anyway but i've i've been focused on it intensely for the past couple of weeks. I know there are many of you in this audience who have experienced this, who are going through it yourselves at the same time. I am at the moment experiencing zero symptoms other than, I don't, look, I don't want to get too detailed in this, what, what led to shortness of breath that I thought might have been asthma or, um, you know, I'm 69, could have been my heart. My heart's in great shape, ticking away fine, squeezing and pumping great. It was not that. It was uh, a pulmonary problem involving malignancy. So I'm going to be gone the next couple of days as we figure out the treatment uh, course of action and have further testing done. But as I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here as often as I can. And as is the case with everybody who finds themselves in this circumstance, you just want to push ahead and try to keep everything as normal as you can, which is something that I'm going to try to do. But felt that I had to tell you uh, because that's the kind of relationship I feel like I have with those of you in this audience. And I say it every Christmas which is when I feel more thankful than at Thanksgiving. And I feel thankful at Thanksgiving, but Christmas, it really gets to me. But over the years, a lot of people have been very nice telling me how much this program has meant to them. But whatever that is, it pales in comparison to what you all have meant to me. And I can't, I can't describe this, but you know, I know you're there every day. I can see you. It's, it's strange how I am, but I know you're there. I know you're there in great numbers, and I know that you understand everything I say. The rest of the world may not when they hear it expressed a different way, but I know that you do. You've been one of the greatest sources of confidence that I've had in my life. So I hope I will be talking about this as little as necessary in the coming days, but we've got a great bunch of Doctors, a great team assembled. We're at full speed ahead on this.
And it's just now a matter of implementing what we are going to be told later this week. So I'll be back here. I hope you be back on Thursday. If not, it'll be as soon as I can. And know that every day I'm not here, I'll be thinking about you and missing you. Thank you very much. All right, that was uh, Rush just moments ago as he closed out his uh, show today. It, it's sort of like what I was saying is, you know, I, I have a very different show planned, and there's the Tim McGraw song. We've all experienced this where, where you know, a, a moment comes and stops me on a dime. This is one of those moments. And all of us have gone through this, and as I sit here and as I think and I kind of absorb it and you know, um, know that when he allowed me to fill in for him, it paved the way for me one day to get my own show. It's deeply personal. And his brother, who I love, and his, his whole family that I know and love, and, and obviously I know how in love he is with his wife, and it's just very, very hard to know that somebody's going to go through a hard time. But I think that there's a message in there for all of us. Number one, Okay, Rush, as stoic as he always is, and as, you know, he wants this to be as normal, talk about it as little as possible, you know, um, I, I, of course, right, he, he now, he, he talked about he has a deeply personal relationship in, with God. I do. Uh, most of America does. And that's where I like to put my hope. And I want to make sure that we're very clear on one thing. I know that it's never good when you hear that C word. I know when Don Imus described when he had it at the time, it's like your knees buckle at the word. And it does. I lost my father from the week he was diagnosed, you know, pancreatic cancer. One week later, he's gone. And all of us know when those moments come and stop us on a dime. And that kind of helped how it was today but i i want to just ask everybody that knows how much this guy has done I, you know everyone says well national review william, william f buckley okay all credit due but mary matlin once said i don't know how i would have survived the clinton years without rush on the radio you know how would we have survived all these years as he has educated us entertained us advance the cause with a love of country and family and patriotism and all the things that we value and and life too so that deeply personal relationship in god i would just say rush we are praying for you everybody everybody that knows what you've done how you've taken a lot of hits over the years standing up for this country, our Constitution, your belief in God, your belief in life, you, you fighting fights every single solitary day to make this a more perfect union, a better country. And we just, as you go through this, we're all praying for you. We are praying for a speedy recovery and for years more of excellence in broadcasting. First day I filled in from, of course, I dropped the, it was a golden mic and it actually fell. Anyway, Sean Hannity broke my microphone, <laughs> you know. Unbelievable. All of us in this business, talk radio,
I always talk about the pioneers because I admire them so much because I, I wouldn't be doing what I do, what I love to do every day, but for the Barry Farbers, the Barry Grace, you know, the Gene Burns, the David Brudnoys, the Jerry Williams, the Bob Kransks, and a Serb, you know, a Serbic talk radio, hard hitting, Imus, Stern, all pioneers. And they made this thing called freedom of speech possible. And Rush for conservative talk radio, I remember when I, first, I was in a radio studio just starting out on a college station in 1987, and he syndicated in 88, when some guy goes, you got to listen to this guy Rush. I remember where I was. You got to hear, he does these homeless updates. They're hilarious. And they were. And um, he paved the way for all of us. Me and Mark talk about it. Levin, the great one, all the time. He's going to call in at the bottom of the hour. And, but I just want to make sure everybody understands here. We are so lucky in this country that we have the greatest, the best scientific minds with the greatest medical advancements. I know Russia's raised money for leukemia all of these years and donated millions. By the way, the, if everyone knew the Rush I knew, that gives away millions, you know, and I, I'm putting my faith, my hope, and all of my prayers into his speedy recovery and taking his lead on this. Because, you know, it's just hard when you, when you, when you, you hear with somebody you know and admire that also helped you in life. Rush helped me. His, fa his brother's family to me, you know. Uh, his niece is one of the nicest and best people that's ever worked for me. And always gracious to me. And I know he's been that way with everybody else. And there's nobody better. Neil Bortz once called him the Babe Ruth of talk radio. Wow, Bortz nailed it. He's it. There's only one Babe Ruth. Nobody else. Nobody else comes close. Rush, we love you. We are praying for your speedy recovery. We're praying for God's blessings upon you and your health and your entire family, Catherine, David, Lisa, Kristen, all the kids, everybody. And for what you've done so far and will continue to do for your country, thank you. For what you've done for me personally, thank you. And I'm just praying for your quick recovery. We love you. We're sorry you have to go through this time. We'll be here waiting for the next broadcast. We'll continue. All right, as we uh, roll along, uh, our prayers today with Rush Limbaugh as he made this announcement and he begins a treatment, a course of treatment for uh, his cancer. Uh, I do know that we have the most amazing people ever that work diligently every single day to make, to find the cures for all of this, I, you know, I'm really convinced having lost, especially I lost my father, well, you know, six months after I started at Fox. And, you know, the advancements are dramatic. And I and, th and that's where we're, we all put our hope. When you when you have family members, we all know somebody that was able to overcome a bad diagnosis. Um but it, it does hit you like a dime. It stops you on a dime. And I guess that's what makes us special, isn't it, as human beings? Because we care. 
We love life. We know life is precious. We, as a country, our founding document, it is God-given rights endowed by a creator. And we only have a short time on this earth. Very short time. You know, if somebody in your family is sick, or just for the hell of it, tell everyone you love them tonight. All right, 25 till the uh, top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Just really hard-hitting news for this industry, for what we do in talk radio and Rush Limbaugh's announcement that he, he announced he has uh, stage four lung cancer or at the end of his show today. So it kind of took all of us by shock. Uh, I want Listen, he, 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 I know him. He does not want us talking about it all day. I know him. And I want to honor his wishes. And more importantly, he's going to be getting a treatment. And he says as often as he can, he's back on the air and he's going to be out there fighting every day. I'm just, you know, it's moments like this that you really remember, you know, okay, what what is this life about? We appreciate our friends, our family. You appreciate gifted, talented people that give their all for what the, what their passion, their heart, their soul tells them. Uh, the great one, Mark Levin, is with me. Uh, we were... You know, to be honest, texting and bawling, you know, as we're hearing it, because we know what he's done for both of us prior to coming on air. And, uh, you know, it hits you like a dime. And but I you know, this is quintessential rush stoic. And he didn't even, you know, he wants this to be normal. He's going to get his treatment. And, you know, I just put my faith and my hope in God and in, in medicine and in science that has advanced, Mark, and uh, and I'm going to follow his lead. That's where he wants us to go, and he's asked people to pray for him, and I'm praying for him. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, Sean, uh, if I think about Rush, I just, uh, what he's done, he's done for all of us, but even more than that, you know, uh, this country do without him what would we what would we do without him so we must pray in the best science possible and um he uh i, I had to be honest with you i i pulled over the side of the road you know we knew a little bit earlier than most people and uh it's a, it's a, and uh you're right there is uh, there's all kinds of breakthroughs in science and so forth. We know Rush will fight like hell, and uh, and what a class act this man is. Um, and he so loves his audience. That's not a joke. And he talks about it all the time. And I I want people to know talk radio is a very small circle of us who speak to each other. <clears throat> very small circle. But uh, Rush and terms of his audience in many ways it overlaps with all the audiences because it's so big as a special relationship with the people who listen to him he's loved he's liked his words have meaning he's a man of great compassion and humanity all the people who've attacked him he never he rarely ever strikes back he's got you know he's in that in that sense that's that's like you levin you're you never strike back either you know you never throw a punch He's got a lot more self-control than I do. But I'll tell you, now is the time to be positive and strong and to find ways uh, where we can help, each of us in our own way, prayer, uh, best doctors in the world, <laughs> excuse me, um, 
and uh, that's the way we have to think, and that has to be our focus. And uh, Mark, how much care with the left or anybody else has to say this is our man. We love him. The nation, so much the nation loves him. And uh, his impact on our lives and uh, on the country has been so important and so positive. And so that is what we will do. He will fight. We will fight with him. We will pray. And if and if anyone gets through this, he can. You agree so with me? So true. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Well, both of us personally owe a debt of gratitude to him. Gratitude to him. And are you kidding? Let's be honest. I we mean, he around this whole damn ministry would be dead. Do you know how many? Do you know how many talk stations there were when he started? Two hundred. There's thousands. Thousands at the time you know, he saved the AM band. Now he's saving the FM band. I mean, it's you know he plays such a big part of it. Um, all many, right, I am not. How many national? How many national talk show hosts did you listen to before the rush? I never listened to one. I listened to local hosts. He was the first. I think yeah, Larry first King live at midnight going. What's the question? That was about exactly. it. Exactly. But he he transformed the radio. But it's more important, you know. Um, and I love what he Mary Matlin had said country. about the time. He. This, you know, we talk about the impact of National Review. You know, you and I talk about how we, we, we all have our, you, we're very different in many ways. We all have our unique gifts. You have your, you know, acerbic side, your, your keen constitutional intellect. You know, I, I always felt Russia's, one of his greatest gifts was a monologue and the fact that he, he'd see things and say things that on another level, another dimension. And have the That's ability right. to communicate for, uh, it to uh, people, and it dazzles me. And, you know, we all have different gifts from God, and, and he brought us to fruition. I'm just going to say this. I don't want to belabor this because I know he's, he's probably going to kill you and me both for saying all this, but mm-hmm. we wouldn't be here without him, and we are, we're, just, we're, very, we're just taking a pause, and we're just saying, okay, our friend is sick, he's going to get the right treatment, and he's going to be in all of our prayers uh, every single day. And you know what? If we can only hear him for a while, two days a week, I'll be thankful for the two days. And then until he gets back to five days a week. And you know, um, Sean, he's, he's the energizer rush. He always yeah. has energy. He, he's always there. He's always fighting. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm serious about this. I think that if anyone can get through this, he can get through this. Amen. And there are tens of millions of us who are going to be praying and rooting for him. And there's going to be wonderful doctors who are going to be trying, who are going to be taking care of him. And you're right. He's got an enormously close, special family. It's a huge family, enormously close, special family. His brother, David is dear friends of ours, as are so many other members of his family. And people need to know this is a family man. This is a down to earth man. This is a happy man. This is a humanitarian, despite what his enemies have said about him and everybody else. And uh, and and I really think he'll fight his way through this because he fights his way through so much. Do you know what's amazing, though? Because when you think about it, look at it like a forest, and it's, it's there's no opening. He single-handedly for syndicated conservative talk radio chopped down every tree, and by doing that, he's taken every hit. Yep. And then all of us that come behind him, and we all owe a debt of gratitude. That path exists because he opened it for us. 
And that's why we love and appreciate him. And and he took a lot more. You know, I take a lot of crap every day. I get the crap beat out of me. You get the crap beat out of me. But it really, when you think about it, he took the crap, you know, he, he took the hits early so it was easier for us because we knew it was coming and, and we knew how to deal with it because we watched him deal with it. And But anyway, I love you, brother. Uh, we're praying for our friend. You're damn right. And And I'll just say one other thing. There's really a handful of people during your lifetime who affect the world. And I'm not overstating this. A handful of, everybody thinks they changed the world. There's really a handful. And he's one of the handful. And that is a remarkable thing. So <clears throat> he'll get the best doctors. We will pray for him. And with God's speed, he'll get through this. Amen. All right, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, 800-941-SEAN. Somebody just sent me this, and I'm not going to get into all analysis of all this, but there is one thing from Science Daily that did catch my attention that a friend sent, that lung cancer in particular, there, you know, the rates have dropped 51% since 1990 alone. In the years, I know when Rush does his, his radiothon, his leukemia radiothon, I mean, I, I lost, I remember, a cousin of mine many years ago to Hodgkin's disease, and nobody ever dies from Hodgkin's disease hardly anymore. Uh, somebody very close to me in my life has had lymphoma for 22 years, and the medicine stayed ahead of it. And look at Dick Cheney. He had a heart attack in his 30s, eventually culminating in a heart transplant. I remember interviewing him when he had the machine to, to, to hold him over till he got a heart. He's, you know, for these people... We have such genius in this country, and sometimes we forget, but this is, this is what they do every second of every day, is they're looking to figure out how to cure disease and illness. I had Anthony Fauci on about the coronavirus on TV the other night, and, there's, and I asked the president in the interview last night we had um, during the Super Bowl about coronavirus, we, nobody does it better than we do. Nobody does it better than America and Americans and freedom and ingenuity and advancement. I've always said Barry Farber, another great radio pioneer, always said there's never been a country in the history of man that has accumulated more power and abused it less than the United States of America. And I, I very, very humbly, gently add there's never been a country in the history of man that has accumulated more power and used it for the advancement of the entire human race in its condition. And it's done under a, a system of governance. That's why government, that's why elections, that's why politics matter. Because if you have the freedom, you know, there's, there's these gifts. If you believe as I do, we are, we, we are all created by one God. Every human being on earth. What separates us from the animals is we have this capacity to understand we don't know fully, nor are we designed to know fully. And I don't even know, I wish I knew a lot more. I, you know, I just look at the majesty and universes within universes of creation, and I'm like, I'm blown away. And that God created every, every single human soul. The word education comes from the Latin, educare, to bring forth from within. And that, that, that is predicated on a belief that it's already there. We don't have to ram stuff into kids' heads. We need to bring out of them the gifts that God gave them. That's why endowed by our creator. We're not the perfect country, but we're, you know, we're, we're, we're the country where freedom allows us that opportunity. 
I have two friends of mine, a uh, fellow talk show host on our station in New York, WOR, uh, Mark Simone, Joe Concha, media writer for The Hill. Uh, I know you've been listening, Mark, and it's just like, you know, Tim McGraw says, and a moment comes and stops you on a dime, and that was about 10 to 3 today. Yeah. Eastern. Rush has some things going for him. I, you know, he's had some real medical difficulty in the past, battled through it and uh, won and succeeded. Uh, obviously, a lot of the best doctors in medical care in the world. He has uh, got some pretty good karma. He's one of those guys, Sean won't want me to mention this, but Sean is too, that uh, has done a lot of good deeds for a lot of people. That's Rush. You know, people in trouble, they need help, money, doctors, uh, employees, ex-employees, strangers you read about in the newspaper. I, I, I could tell stories that would take entire shows, so yeah. you're right. And we could tell those stories about you, but uh, I know you don't like to mention it. And that's one thing, but the people that do that, they don't want credit. They don't want even anybody to nope. know about it. But that kind of karma can really no, help No, he's going to hate me for doing this. Trust me. I, I, I'm fully aware. I'm on, a, I'm on his blank list right now, and I hope he'll forgive me. Yeah, and but, nobody could ever explain to people today what he meant. You know, it's like the Beatles or Frank Sinatra. Everybody knows they were the best, the greatest, but they don't realize how they changed the whole landscape. They just changed music, and Rush did that for radio. He wasn't just the best he, he totally changed uh, everything about radio, AM, talk radio. AM was dying. They didn't know what to do. They were uh, practically going under. And Rush just saved it and created a whole new world of AM radio. And then they, everybody yeah. tried to be the next Rush. Everybody filled in for it. It never worked until Sean came along. And you, you filled in for like a year for him. And everybody realized this is the other Rush. This is uh, no, 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 I'm not in the same category. Well, you know what? But when we build Mount Rushmore, you two it's guys like, go up first. There's only, there's only one Babe Ruth, as my buddy Neil Bortz would say. But I, I do want to keep this positive, And I want to I take his lead on this. And that is he's coming back to work. He's going to get his treatment. We're all going to pray for him. And we're uh, and I just believe in that. I believe there is a God that can answer our prayers and hears our pleas and our cries and our calls. Uh, Joe Concha. Yeah, he had said, Sean, uh, when he was signing off there before you mentioned around 10 to 3, that he hopes to be back on Thursday. In other words, he's going to get treatment Tuesday, Wednesday, and then he wants to get right back to work because this is something that he has done, syndicated for 31 years, sure, but he got into broadcasting at age 16. I mean, he knew that this is exactly what he wanted to do, and you could tell when you listen to Rush Limbaugh that he enjoys his work. He enjoys it every day. He doesn't have to scream to make a point and drive it down your throat. He comes to work, and, I, and I've said this to people that uh, have some influence in this business. I said, you know what? I always marvel at his prep, that every day he has that, that stack, he calls it, right? And it's just so seamless, one thought to the other. And you always know when you tune into Rush Limbaugh, you're going to hear a perspective that you didn't hear from everybody else that's, that's in this industry. And that's what made him so unique. So th this is something that, for me, uh, personally, unfortunately, I'm an expert in this. My mother passed away from lung cancer back in 2012. Uh, if he has advanced lung cancer, you know, we want to keep this positive, of course, but uh, it just depends on, you know, where this may have metastasized to and if surgery can be successful in getting the tumor out, and then hopefully it could be uh, extinguished. So, again, you're talking about who Talkers Magazine called in 2002 the greatest radio talk show host of all time, and you cannot deny his influence uh, from everybody to the president currently right now, just like he does with you, you know, listens to what Rush has to say, and then the millions of listeners, I mean, 14, 15 million people listening on a daily basis. There has never been a broadcaster like him, and we're not going to talk in past tense. We're going to talk uh, in future tense. In other words, oh, uh, I have a feeling that he's the type of guy who's going to beat this thing, and you're going to be hearing from Rush Limbaugh. The hard the part is when, when you get that call, 
or that moment that came and stops you on a dime, I'll go back to that phrase, it just, it, it gives you the pause, you see life differently, you appreciate everything a little bit more. I mean, in that song, it talks, you know, all right, when it sinks in, all right, this is real, I gotta, I gotta fight this, and what am I gonna do? I go, you know, skydiving, Rocky Mountain climbing, 2.7 seconds on a bull name, uh, Fu Manchu, and you love deeper, you speak sweeter, you give forgiveness you've been die, denying. And everybody that I know that has survived cancer, and I'll end it this, this hour this way, and I'll get to the news in the next hour. Every single person in my life that has survived cancer is just like that. Speak sweeter, love deeper, give forgiveness you've been denying, and then you, they live at a level that most of us don't because they came to the edge our prayers are with Rush, his family, everybody, and we can't wait to hear him back on the air sooner than later. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Mark Simone. When we come back, we'll get to the news. We have a lot to get to, and uh, your calls, too. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, toll-free, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? Our prayers for Rush today. You know, somebody writes me in the thing. Hey, he goes, Hannity, is 274 days. I know, as we're praying for Rush, we want him back on the air as soon as possible. I know what he wants. He wants us to go kick some serious ass and win this election in 274 days. Uh, and I'm like, you're right. Uh, a ton of news. Uh, obviously, we had the Super Bowl. I thought the president's ads were spectacular. I mean, it was a touching, terrible story in the in the Bloomberg ad. I felt so bad for the mother of this child. I'm like, OK, you know, if you look at the violence, what have cities that been run by liberal Democrats done to stop violence? And end poverty and bring solutions. Not a lot. Um, and it is, uh, and his, uh, you know, his whole ad campaign is about either hating Trump or guns. I had my interview with the president. We'll try and get some of that in uh, throughout the program today. Uh, you can't believe how the Democrats cannot still get over their loss in 2016. That's why in 274 days, what do I say? I say it every day. The ultimate jury exists because this is a busy week. We got, obviously, the caucuses tonight in Iowa. We begin that process. You know, which radical leftist socialist are they going to pick? That's what it comes down to. Then we've got the election in 274 days. You'll be the ultimate jury that can shock the world again. And the people that we have now, the, those that have done this to this country, Done nothing for the American people, but have dragged this country through all of this because the acquittal scheduled about four o'clock on Wednesday. All but a certainty at this point. This is all they've done. Conspiracy theories, lies, hoax after hoax. Um, we have some other election news stuff. I'll tell you what's happening in the Democratic Party. They are losing it. There is now a never Bernie uh, as somebody put it in an in a email fax to me today, apocalypse coming. You know what? They, they can't believe it's Bernie. And that starts from Obama straight on down. All Every Democrat, they're now hoping that, uh-oh, Sanders is now up pretty much everywhere. Bernie Sanser, Sanders, okay. You know, Trump was funny yesterday when I was interviewing the president for the Super Bowl, the, the interview that aired. 
And he goes, uh, yeah, communist, because I did a lightning round because there's only so much I can do in eight and a half minutes of airtime in the pregame of the Super Bowl. And I knew people at home. It was just supposed to be a short news segment. How do I get if I ask him two other questions, that would be eight and a half minutes. So I figured out, all right, how can I make it a little more interesting? And I we did a lightning round with the president. And I brought up Bernie Sanders. He goes, communist. I know they call him a socialist, but he's a communist. And he goes, whoever thinks of weddings and Moscow, because I guess that's where Bernie, we've reported on before, uh, I guess went for his uh, honeymoon, the former Soviet Union. Yeah, let's go to communist Russia. That's real former. Let's go to let's go hang out there. Great. Um, and you can see it like you got the MSDNC crowd, Rahm Emanuel, Deadfish, his crowd, the Clinton crowd, the Obama crowd, the Hillary crowd. They all hate Bernie Sanders. And it's fascinating because the president said, I can see it. They're, they're setting him up to steal it again from this guy. And it's so funny. I never understood and stated so many times since that whole primary. It was rigged. Remember Donna Brazil in her book, or and I know I interviewed her about it. You know, she said, I'm going to investigate it. This is after Wasserman Schultz was escorted out just prior to the convention in the summer of 2016. Donna Brazil was brought in in the interim, promised to get to the bottom of the Bernie thing and said, yeah, I had to cry. And I called Bernie Sanders and basically, yep, it was rigged against you. Now, we were told that they had put, I guess, some type of safety measures in place, but that hasn't happened. But you can even see that. Oh, no, you got top Democrats now facing the prospect with Bernie Sanders being the top of the ticket. And they're pretty nervous about it because he's not only in the lead in Iowa, but also New Hampshire and also South Carolina. And by the way, Michael Bloomberg is just spending a fortune, dropping money. Michael Bloomberg is the dullest human being on the face of this earth. You know, 12 years mayor of New York, basically a caretaker for the Rudy Giuliani policies out there supporting the stop and frisk that Rudy put in place and fought for and was called a racist about every day. And the murder rate dropped precipitously as a result. And here we are, you know, 18 years later, you know, him acting like he's crying that he ever supported it because he's thinking, of course, like all Democrats think identity politics. How will African-Americans, you know, support me if I supported stop and frisk, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But you got some old time Democrats like Chris Matthews, this is a disaster for the party and the prospect of having Bernie win the Iowa caucus. And then he's going to win New Hampshire. And uh, it's like, oh, no, but I don't see anybody that's going to be able to beat Trump based on if we judge elections or re-elections. Are you better off than you were? Yeah. Did the president lose any of his support from 2016? I don't think so. I think they're more energized because of the horrific treatment by the Democrats and the media mob. Uh, Did the president keep his promises? Yeah, pretty substantial list. Uh, Does the public get feign this outrage that the mob and the media over everything that Donald Trump says and does? No, the American people, they've come to understand what a disruptor is, what an iconoclast is, and what draining the swamp and the sewer is. And they're used to his tweeting. You know, the, the number one comments I got from friends and people I know yesterday, you know, what he says about Sleepy Joe, Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas, communist, Hunter Biden. No, but how does everybody 
literally act like Hunter did nothing wrong. He's all innocent. That's the breathtaking hypocrisy you take on as a liberal and the double standard. It reeks of just a irrational hatred of Donald Trump. You know, John Kerry, you know, I'm not effing running. Whoops, let me delete that. I'm not running. A warning that Bernie Sanders is going to take down the entire Democratic Party. Deadfish Emanuel announcing the same thing. And you have Bernie himself is announcing a plan to nationalize the energy industry. Says his green energy push would muscle many of the country's biggest companies out of business. Uh, Nationalizing health insurance, Medicare for all. Said he'd laid out a $16 trillion climate change plan. That's four years of income that the government has. And that's not spending another penny on anything else. It's the lifeblood of our economy. Anyway, so they're talking about a never-Bernie apocalypse coming. Uh, Biden, I I don't even know what to say about Biden anymore. Now he's telling everybody, don't vote for me. He's losing it almost on a daily basis. I mean, we get more cuts of Biden saying something stupid. I I, I think if I ran it on this show or on TV, it would be a never-ending, you know, shift show, to use a phrase. You know, Tom Brokaw weighing in that, well, Sanders 2020 chances hard to see how people will say I'm for socialism. Hey, Tom, I don't know where you've been. Almost. Well, not almost all of these Democrats are supporting some version of this idiotic new Green Deal or Medicare for all. You know, Deadfish Emanuel. I mean, hey, Deadfish, who are you to lecture anyone on politics? What did you do to stop the violence in Chicago? Nothing. Not happy with this field, MSDNC, Area 51, Roswell, Rachel Maddow's, you know, channel, state-run Democratic TV, uh, saying the 2020 Democrats can't beat Trump. Joe Biden snaps, oh, man, at Savannah Guthrie for the Hunter question. You don't know what you're talking about. Has it occurred to you that there's a certain irony here that here the president is accused of and has acknowledged wanting to... uh, get information about your son Hunter and his dealings with Ukraine. And this process of impeachment has ensured that everyone knows about Hunter's dealings with Ukraine. That's He's a good so- thing. And no one's found anything wrong with his dealings with Ukraine, except they say it sets a bad image. Well, do you agree that it sets a bad yeah. image? And my son said that. Do you think it was wrong for him to take that position? No. Knowing that it was really because but, that but company it, wanted access to you. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? Well, don't Who you said think that? that? Don't you think that it's just one of those things where people think, well, that seems kind of sleazy. Why would he have that job if not for his who his father was? Because he's a very bright guy. I guess the question I'm kind of asking is, appearance. was it right? His appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said he regretted having done it. Yeah. Speaks for himself. The grown man. I regret it. It's a grown man. Yeah. Okay. And why do you think you got? Do you have any experience in gas? No. Oil? No. Energy? No. Any experience with Ukraine? No. Why do you think you got the millions of dollars? I don't know. Maybe because your your vice president father's in charge. I told him you're not getting the billion. Fire the guy. I still cannot get over it. By the way, Senator Graham vowing to investigate this Ukrainian impeachment conspiracy theory hoax, but the, the double standard is breathtaking. I don't know how these people can bifurcate and compartmentalize such hypocrisy and such lying to themselves. 
Jake Tapper calling out Joe Biden for not taking or talking on the Sunday shows. Hey, uh, fake Jake. Nobody gets ratings on these stupid shows anymore. Nobody watches them. I know you can convince yourself that there's all this prestige involved with it, but it, it don't, you're not Tim Russert. Tim Russert, David Brinkley, they're gone. They, they were, uh, that's a bygone error. Now you have people like Michael Moore, apoplectic, that guys like uh, Mayor Bloomberg might be able to buy his way onto the debate stage, which, by the way, is true. They're changing the rules just for Mayor Bloomberg so he can get on there. And he, literally, he was at a, a Bernie Sanders rally in Iowa and, you know, talking about how the DNC lowered the standards, allowing candidates to participate in the next primary debate, saying that the rule change is just an effort to for the Democratic establishment again to screw Bernie like they did in 2016 and buy his way onto the stage. I watched the debate in Iowa two weeks ago and the all white debate, he said, and the fact that the Democratic DNC will not allow Cory Booker on the stage not allow Julian Castro on the stage, but they're going to allow Mike Bloomberg on the stage because he has a billion blanking dollars. There's a lot of truth to what he's saying here. And the DNC is now eyeing this rule change in this bid to block Bernie. Here we go again. This is in the Politico. Small group of Democratic National Committee members has privately begun gauging support for a plan to potentially weaken Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign. In conversations on the sidelines, DNC executive committee members meeting, calls, text in recent days, about a half dozen members discussing the possibility of a policy reversal to ensure the so-called superdelegates can vote on the first ballot at the party's national convention. They're trying to screw Bernie one more time. Isn't that nice of them? What a shocker. I do not believe this is happening. I'm literally about to kill myself and I'm not kidding. You better fix this And now we know in the Hill, uh, they're reporting Bloomberg is surging past Warren. Nobody knows Bloomberg. All he's doing is paying for ads. Mike is great. I hate guns. You know, Mike will get it done. Give Mike a chance. Nobody knows. I'm telling you, it is. It, they're just like throwing anything up. For, they couldn't impeach him. Mueller report fails. Russia conspiracy lies. Three years. Ukraine impeachment all falls apart. And now you got progressive groups. They're getting pissed and they're now uniting behind Bernie Sanders. And he's introducing uh, legislation that will end U.S. energy independence. Oh, and by the way, Bernie leads the 2020 field in private jet spending. Oh, Bernie's a hypocrite, just like Al Gore. Shocker. All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SHAWN is our number. I, we'll get your calls in, too, in the next half hour. Uh, we, the only guest we have is Congressman Scalise in the final half hour of the program today. Uh, so all of this about Bernie's announcement about the environment and, you know, he's surging and the Democrats are freaking out. And his new plan, by the way, we're going we're gonna to get rid of oil and gas. I'm like, oh, OK. Now, Bernie is getting screwed again, and they're trying to do it right in front of everybody, which cracks me up. But then I find out, I read this, oh, headline, Bernie leads 2020 field in private jet spending. Oh, we can't drive a caravan or an Escalade uh, or a car that uses, you know, whatever. You know, we've got to fly less. The new Green Deal, we're going to get rid of oil and gas and the internal combustion engine and everything's going to be free. 
And it's going to be $94 trillion or some version thereof. His latest one is $16 trillion. That's four years of income, assuming that our economy is still standing after they take away the lifeblood of our economy. And so he introduces legislation that will end U.S. energy uh, independence. But he's flying around in private jets to the tune of $1.2 million just in the last quarter alone. Must be nice up there in the sky, not having to worry about going through TSA and having, you know, your cocktails in private, whatever you do up there. Uh, progressive groups, though, are uniting behind Bernie. The New York Post never Bernie apocalypse is coming. Democratic insiders. And now you can see you got the Obama faction. You got the Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton faction. You got, uh, you know, now literally trying to and then you got the dnc hierarchy you want to talk about a swamp well they already ripped this guy off once why not do it again they're now planning it and even the mainstream media is picking up on it and joe biden is fading in south carolina now they're going to change the rules maybe maybe it's going to be bloomberg all right we'll get to that super bowl latest on impeachment disaster for the democrats and the fallout coming up all right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, we talked about Rush. He announced on his program uh, at the end of his show today uh, that he's being treated for lung cancer. And uh, we talked about it for a good part of the first hour. And I uh, just want to remind people our thoughts and prayers are with him. He thinks he'll be back on the air on Thursday. And... Um, what a what a what a profound impact Mark was right when we had a little bit on very few people actually really impact history. What an impact he's had. We're all blessed and we want that impact to continue for decades and decades to come. Uh, a lot happening today. So you got the caucuses tonight. Looks like Bernie is surging everywhere at this time. There is an all out freak out. Within the Democratic establishment, you've got, you know, the the Clintons and then you got Obama stating pretty publicly and behind closed doors. And it's been reported they, they're not interested and all team Clinton doesn't seem too interested. And then you've got state run TV, MSDNC and a total meltdown with Chris Matthews. These 2020 Democrats can't beat Trump. Then the Democrats are now DNC is now changing the rules so that. Michael Bloomberg could actually buy his way into the debates and uh, Joe Biden is falling like a rock, as is uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie surging pretty much in every poll. Now looks like, by the way, he has a shot at South Carolina and they're trying to build in a stopgap. And now the DNC, well, I think we're going to go back to the old rules where on the first ballot, the superdelegates matter again. Wow. Pretty amazing. John Kerry among those freaking out as well that Bernie Sanders will take down the entire Democratic Party. You notice they don't get nervous until he starts to win, just like the last time. And that's when the whole thing was rigged. That's when Donna Brazil had to call Bernie Sanders and say, yeah, it's true. I never understood why, why people within the Democratic Party that like Bernie, you have a right to like Bernie, you like a socialist, pretty much they're all socialists now, pretty radical socialists. And they literally rigged the system so he can't win. So the establishment candidate Hillary emerges. And I don't understand why so many people in the Democratic Party are willing to take it. And I'd say on this program and on TV a lot. I'm like, why am I like the only one that thinks rigging an election 
in this case, a primary is really bad and probably shouldn't be happening in the United States of America. Just, you know, random thoughts, because I think if it happened and somebody I supported as a conservative that was running for the Republican Party nomination and they rigged the system against them, uh, I think I'd end up being pretty ticked off. But the DNC finally announces there's going to be two pathways now to qualify in the New Hampshire debate. And that is one, earn at least one pledge delegate from the Iowa caucus. And then, of course, well, meet the donor requirements of contributions of 225,000 unique donors and one of two polling requirements, two polls at 7% or more in New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina, and then the three early states. Qualifying polls for the New Hampshire debate will include national polling in New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina. But all of this now is you, you've, you've got, okay, maybe we, we're going to have to go with Bloomberg just to screw Bernie again. And this again from the Politico. Nobody paid attention to Politico January 11, 2017, when they did a long expose investigative report about Ukrainian election interference and how, in fact, they were successful at it, separate and apart from what they do with Russia. Anyway, got to give some props to Politico. DNC members discuss rules change to stop Sanders at convention. Now, Karl Rove has been keeping his eye on the possibility of a brokered convention now for some time. I do have some friends of mine that are thinking, this is the Clintons. Hillary wants to get in. I'm like, well, you never know. I mean, I have no idea. Um, but you do know their motives aren't particularly pure. What they're really saying is they don't like Democratic voters. That's what they're really saying. They're really saying we know better than you do. It's sort of like when... You know, you watch fake news CNN and they're laughing, oh, Trump voters, ha, 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 and them lines and them map and all that stuff that they were doing the other night on what, Don Lemon's show. Well, I think that's pretty revealing. They don't particularly like uh, Donald Trump supporters because they think they know better than we do. That's why the term irredeemable, deplorable, so obnoxious uh, Trump supporters. That's why smelly Trump uh, voting Walmart shoppers. Wow. Peter Strzok could smell them all the way far away. Or Obama, you know, these bitter, you know, uh, people in Pennsylvania that cling to God. Oh, okay. I cling to God. Guilty as charged. Our Constitution. Guilty. Uh, yeah. Our Bibles and our religion. Guilty. Guilty as charged. Irredeemable. Yeah, deplorable, sure. If you want to call me that, whatever you want. Smelly. I like Walmart. You know why I like Walmart? They have everything, and it's all cheap. You get, you save money. That's a good thing. Michael Moore's not standing for this. He's ticked off of this. It looks like every Bernie supporter's going to get pissed off this time, and I don't know how that ends. I don't know if it's going to end particularly well for them. Um, well, the, the show, if you will, is almost over. Um, now it's all but done. And that directly has to do with the issue of this sham impeachment. This is all we've gotten from these Democrats for four consecutive solid years. Have they done a thing to make this country safer or more secure? Nothing. Even those that supported a border wall. Soon as Donald Trump supported it. No, that's racist. No, it's a manufactured crisis. I mean, that's spectacular hypocrisy. Then it was Russia, Russia, Russia. 
impeach, 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 all through twenty, the end of 2016, immediately thereafter. Washington Post, within hours of the inauguration of Donald Trump, talk of impeachment has begun. Wow. I guess they don't like what the, who the American people chose either. That's why I say you have the power as the ultimate jury. You now have the power. We, the people, have the power. They can't stop us. They can't stop you. By the way, if you want voting information, we try to make it information friendly. When to register in your state, who might be running for Congress in your district, early voting time periods, absentee voting process. We put it all up on Hannity.com for your convenience. So if you're interested in shocking the world in 274 days, maybe you'll go to Hannity.com. I was glad that Senator Lindsey Graham made it very clear today, while impeachment may be over, his investigation of these Democrats and this impeachment hoax, which is the latest hoax. They've done nothing to keep us, you know, safe or secure. They've done nothing for prosperity. Haven't created a single job. They've done nothing but hate Donald Trump and just viciously attack him and his supporters for three years. I don't think that's a a good platform to run on. And then when you hear what they want to do, it almost makes Barack Obama look like a moderate. Obama didn't work out very well for the country with 13 million more Americans on food stamps and 8 million more in poverty and the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. And he took on more debt than, you know, all 43 presidents before him combined. Donald Trump's now, well, I think he's doing all the things that somebody needs to do if if you want re- to be reelected. Are you better off than you were four years ago? Check. Okay, did you keep your promises? Check. I think you kept up almost all of them. Did you, you know, are things better? Eight million new jobs, millions out of poverty, eight million fewer Americans on food stamps. Check. What about those trade deals? Check. China, $220 billion in two years to help farmers, our service industry, our energy sector, our manufacturers, our car manufacturers. Wow. Nobody thought the China deal would get done. No, you got the deal now with Canada, Mexico. You got the deal done with Japan. By the way, as far as Mexico, we have a better deal. That means we'll make more money. They're kind of paying for the wall in a roundabout way, aren't they? Better deals with our Western European allies. Has he gotten us into these long established entanglements abroad? Nope. Showed a lot of restraint with Iran after they shot down two drones that people didn't think he'd show. Or when they were taking tankers hostage in the Straits of Hormuz. I think the president did a pretty good job even after they tried to interrupt the free flow of oil at market prices and take out the Saudi oil uh, industry. He didn't respond then either. But when the Iranians killed Americans, he responded. He responded then. He did take out the caliphate in Syria when he just simply removed the handcuffs, which are the rules of engagement of Biden and Obama, and let the military do their job and bomb them, bomb the living hell out of them. Baghdadi's dead. Soleimani's dead. Iran's number one state sponsor of terror. That terror was led by Soleimani. That's a pretty big deal, I guess, except if you're a Democrat. But they were too busy. Russia, Russia. Impeach, impeach. Ukraine, Ukraine. Now, I know the inspector general's report validated everything I told you about the dirty Russian dossier that Hillary paid for and how that was the bulk of information in the FISA applications and the DOJ affirming, yep, uh, they were fraudulently obtained. 
to spy on Carter Page, deny him his civil liberties and his basic fundamental civil rights, and that it was used as a backdoor to spy on a presidential candidate. Wow. They cheated Bernie. They tried to, you know, cheat Trump. Remember, even the New York Times finally came around. That Russian dossier full full of nothing but now but debunked lies. Hookers, beds, urinating in Trump's Ritz-Carlton room in, in Moscow. It was all false. Leaked to conspiracy theorists, the the compliant, you know, state-run media, the mob, the 99% of media. You know, Isakov, Korn, they, yeah, they're all leaking all this crap. You know, and, and what's Pelosi saying today after knowing it's all over, Ukraine is done. Well, we'll see what we do next after Trump is acquitted. Oh, she wants to drag the country through more of this? And more unhinged, Pelosi suggesting Trump's impeachment lawyer should be disbarred. Why? Because they won? Because they did a good job? Pretty amazing. Because I thought Justice Roberts, frankly, showed more, uh, gave more leeway to Democrats than I even thought was ever permissible. All the hearsay, witness testimony, he allowed. All of the opinion testimony, he allowed. He even allowed the Mueller report to be dragged into this. But still, there was no case. While John Bolton may say that the president said he's going to link funding to any release of funds. But the truth is he didn't, did he? And neither, and the Ukrainians say it. And they got all the money. Every penny. And they announced nothing. They, wouldn't, they never announced an investigation. All true. You know, so it, it, this is a spectacular win, but it's so sad and the damage so real for the country we all love. Impeachment Democrats raging. Foreign election interference. You know, they can't explain the dirty Clinton dossier. You got Hakeem Jeffries, New York congressman, arguing on uh, Thursday that Steele and the dossier did not constitute foreign meddling in an election because it was purchased. <laughs> That's how nuts they got. You know, they all exonerate quid and pro and quo and Joe and zero experience Hunter being paid million uh, millions of dollars, 83,000 a month. Average American family of four makes under 54 grand a year. There's a great piece, Georgetown law professor. I've not heard of him before. His name is Randy Barnett. He's a professor. He points out that uh, they brought an incomplete case to the Senate. That was my point. And it's not the Senate's role, he said, to finish it. By the way, the biggest loser in all this is Joe Biden. Because the one that did it was Joe Biden. You're not getting the billion unless you fire the prosecutor that's investigating my zero-experienced son being paid millions. They brought an incomplete case to the Senate. It's not the Senate's role to finish it. This professor's right. They're tasked in the Senate with reviewing the evidence gathered by the House and making a judgment on whether or not to remove the president. Too bad Senator Romney didn't understand the simple basics of the Constitution. Beyond disappointing from Mitt Romney. Based on what I've seen, the professor goes on with my own eyes these last few years. I am convinced the U.S. would be very well served to intensely review every single case that Adam Schiff has ever prosecuted. Wow, I like that a lot. By the way, Lindsey Graham said so, said as much, and Lindsey Graham's going to go forward with that. And... You know, it's even interesting because in a rare moment of candor, even over at fake news CNN, they're lamenting the fact that the president, having survived 
the Mueller conspiracy theory hoax, and now the shift show, the Schumer shift show, sham show, that, quote, he will be stronger than ever. Good. You know what? Because he's getting good things done for the country, for we, the people, that they're all supposed to serve. Well, they seem to be serving in their own personal interests. All right, it's Iowa Caucus Day. We'll have the latest on this. All right, all closing arguments done. Uh, the acquittal vote is now in scheduled. It'll happen on uh, Wednesday around 4 o'clock during this show. This vote is scheduled. Uh, we will get to all of that. The Democratic Party in complete chaos, meltdown, and they're trying to again cheat Bernie. Uh, we will get your calls in. I know a lot of you have been, been calling about Rush. Yes, our thoughts and prayers are with him. As he moves towards his recovery, and we look forward to having him back on the air on Thursday. Uh, we'll get to all of that. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Quick break. Right back. Final hour. Free for all. Straight ahead. All right. Glad you're with us. Toll free. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of this uh, extravaganza, if you're just joining us, um, there is sad news today, but I am... I just believe in, in medicine and science and miracles, too. And uh, I know um, I know what Rush means to this conservative audience because I know what he means to every conservative in the country. And as I said in the first hour of the show today, I would not be doing this job if people like him didn't pave the way for all of us that followed behind him, all of us. And um, anyway, he's getting treated. He announced that he had lung cancer, that he's being treated, and he will be doing his show as often as he can and going through the treatment, which, you know, it's just so we all know people have gone through this. It's so hard. Uh, you know, never want that for people you love and care about. And in his case, somebody that has almost single handedly advanced the conservative movement in modern day since he first syndicated in 1988. And my prayer and what his prayer was is for a speedy recovery. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're hoping for. Um, anyway, we got a lot happening. So you got all this chaos with the Democratic Party. You got the Iowa caucuses today. Uh, we have the State of the Union tomorrow. Then you got the acquittal on Wednesday. Um, and at what point, though, does the media mob, at what point do the Democrats ever pay the price for the damage, the destruction, the divisiveness, the wreckage, the lies, the conspiracy theories, the hoaxes, the slander, the smears, the besmirchment? Because that's all we've gotten out of them for three years. You know, I used to always complain every two and four years, we always get the same thing. Republicans are racist. They are sexist, they're misogynist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. Their plan is for dirty air and dirty water, Obama once said. And, of course, they don't care about old people. They want grandma and grandpa to eat cat food or dog food before a Paul Ryan lookalike will show up in a commercial. I guess now it'll be Kevin McCarthy and throw your grandmother and grandfather over the cliff. That's pretty much. But now it's even worse than that. And it's never been this bad with the mob and the media. It's never been this bad. Because, you know, look, look at, for example, this, this Schumer, the, the, this Schumer shift sham impeachment show. Now, to get there, the mob and the media and the Democrats, they have to ignore 
a real quid pro quo with real laws in play. The good news is, is that Lindsey Graham says, you know what? I'm looking into this as are other people. But we see even three years, the Mueller hoax. All right, we got the inspector general report. Inspector general doesn't have the ability to convene a grand jury and push charges. Now, he did make referrals. And that means criminal referrals for Comey and McCabe. Lacking candor. People like Michael Flynn, General Flynn, he he ends up getting charged. When is Comey going to get charged? Because it sounds like the same thing. Or McCabe, the same issue. We're struck in page. The only difference here is it takes forever to get to the bottom of the great injustice. And I hope we better get that fixed because otherwise we won't have anything that resembles equal justice under the law in this country. We never will. We'll never have it. Equal application of our laws. Now, John Durham and the Attorney General Barr, they're, they're not living in the with the confines that General Inspector General Horowitz had because he could only narrowly look at what he could see within the Department of Justice and the FBI. By the way, not the 99%. Great people. And this investigation has taken them far and wide and abroad. They've now even said, yeah, a spying on a candidate occurred, on a transition team occurred. Deep, Attorney General Barr's words, spying into the presidency. They've now even confirmed yeah, those FISA applications, yeah, yeah, they were issued, yeah, no, that was improper, meaning laws were broken. So I'm going to tell you, but one good piece of news on that front, by the way, there was a, there was a piece, an edit, editorial board uh, piece in the New York Post about how the case against General Flynn is now in a full collapse. This is how we treat people that served their country for 31 years, including in war zones. Yeah, combat. I guess that's how we do the, we do things. If you're a conservative, you get one set of justice. If you're a liberal, you get a whole entire set of justice. Pretty sad and pretty sick, but more importantly, even more, more it is so dangerous. Um, I was going to play today. I won't do it today. We might get to it tomorrow. We'll definitely get some of it on TV. Um, I was very happy. I've been in radio 31 years now, and I'm now my 24th year, believe it or not, at Fox, and... I got an opportunity of a lifetime, and by the way, we were up, like, I think, two and a half million viewers from whatever the interview that Margaret Brennan did with the president last year. I was pretty happy about that. Thank you for watching and the part of the pregame show, but you only have eight and a half minutes, so that's why I did the lightning round that made a lot of news. We'll, we'll, play, some of the, we'll play some of what we played yesterday and some of what we played that we didn't play, but the interview went on a little bit longer. He gave us some extra time, which was nice, and... Um, Anyway, so it was uh, it was interesting, and what a football game it was! It was amazing, wasn't it? I don't, you know what? I, football to me is like our our gladiator sport. I mean, it's just the athleticism, and I know there was criticism of the halftime show. Yeah, it was a little racy. I'm kind of used to it now, so it doesn't really surprise me. It was an wardrobe malfunction, so I guess we're on the upside of it. But I will tell you. Just the athleticism of, you know, athletes. You know how hard they work to play their season, to, to stay strong and fit at the top of their game. Only a tiny percentage of, of college football players ever make the pros. And then I saw incredible athleticism during the halftime show. I was blown away. I mean, incredible athleticism coupled with the music. Um... 
And I, I that impressed me a lot. I'll tell you, the two ads that the president ran were pretty amazing. They'd been given a heads up from a source that this might happen and that there was uh, going to be, I was told, maybe an ad on Alice Marie Johnson. But then I saw it for myself. Now, she's one of the most inspirational people I've ever known. I've interviewed Alice Marie Johnson. She's going to be on the show tomorrow. She's going to be on TV. Amazing woman. She was sentenced to life in prison. I'll play the ad, but you got to remember that a lot of it was actually written on the screen. And she never thought she was ever getting out of prison. And rather than just give up, she did, she built her own prison ministry. And she would counsel younger inmates and do Bible studies with younger inmates to help change their lives. And she did. She never She never thought she'd get out. So the ad has written Alice Marie Johnson. Alice Johnson was sentenced to serve life in prison for a nonviolent drug offense. Thanks to President Trump, people like Alice are getting a second chance. Then you're going to hear the moment when she came out. I remember one moment. It wasn't part of the ad where she said, I want to thank the American people. I won't let you down. Thank you for giving me a second chance. But in this ad, it says, I'm free to hug my family again, free to start over politicians you know, it's written that they all talk about criminal justice reform. President Trump got it done. Then you hear Alice again. This is the greatest day of my life. My heart is bursting with gratitude. Then it says written thousands of families are being reunited. Then you hear Alice Johnson and Donald Trump says, well, I won't. I'll let you hear the rest yourself. I'm Donald Trump. I approve this message. Listen, I'm free to hug my family. I'm free to start over. This is the greatest day of my life. My heart is just bursting with gratitude. I want to thank President Donald John Trump. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. You know, if you look at these statistics, amazing, isn't it? Liberals, big cities, decades of rule. How's it working out in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, Baltimore? How is it, you know, we're promised, oh, you get to keep your doctor, your plan and save money. On average, $2,500 per family per year. Well, we're now all paying almost 200% more. Almost 40% of this country only has one health care, Obamacare exchange option. One, that's it. What happened to keep your doctor and plan? Lies. What do you think the new Green Deal is? Lies. What do you think free everything is? Lies. It's unsustainable. Nobody ever asked them in the mob because they just hate Trump. They want Trump out. Now, the second ad, well, I'll just play it and let you hear it yourself. America demanded change. Donald Trump wins the presidency. And change is what we got. Under President Trump, America is stronger, safer, and more prosperous than ever before. Best wage growth I think we've seen in almost a decade. Unemployment rate sinking to a 49-year low. Unemployment for African Americans fell to a new low. Unemployment for Hispanics hit an all-time record low. And ladies and gentlemen, the best is yet to come. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. Oh, Biden, Obama had eight years, 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. Now millions out of poverty, about 8 million off of food stamps and about 8 million new jobs, including the manufacturing jobs that Obama said are never coming back. They're back. And then the trade deals and then the originalist justices 
And then dollar amount, the largest tax cut in American history, the biggest reduction ever in the bureaucracy, ending burdensome regulations. Wow, conservatism works. Trade deal with China. That Get this, $220 billion in two years only. That helps farmers all across our country, our, the greatest farmers in the world. Nobody's better than us. And our service industries are, are benefiting. The energy sector, the car industry, manufacturing, they all benefit from that $220 billion deal alone. Nobody thought he could get that done. He got it done. Then a new deal with China, uh, Japan. Then a deal with Mexico and, and Canada and our Western European allies. And then he takes out the entire caliphate because he let the military do their job. Wow. And we're not having, we don't have boots on the ground. Then he took out Baghdadi and Associates. Then he took out Soleimani. Not one good word from Democrats on that either. So these are amazing times. But they'll exonerate quid and pro and quo. Joe, you're not getting the billion. And they'll come up with a new conspiracy theory after three straight years of lies and conspiracy theories. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know, these are, we have, this is beyond an information crisis. Uh, Linda, you can tell James what to bring in here. Thank you. Um, if you don't mind, please. Um, these are amazing times, but here's the good news. 274 days, the ultimate jury is you. And you can shock the world again. Imagine for a second, we at Fake News CNN, we at Conspiracy TV, state-run TV, MSDNC, can now project Donald J. Trump has been reelected the 45th president. I can't make that happen, but you can. All right, I know a lot of you've been out there. Uh, Steve Scalise at the bottom of the hour. Let me get to, let's say hi to Rhonda, Indiana. Hey, Rhonda, we'll be watching you in 274 days from now. How are you? I'm great, Sean. It's so nice to hear your voice again. Hey, I want to tell you something um, personally. I was listening to the impeachment the other day, just here in my home, and I just was feeling the heaviness and the bruising that this whole debacle has laid on our country. And I remembered something that um, Vice President Pence's assistant had told us recently at the White House. She just said, we need encouragement. And I thought of you. I thought of you and the way that you fight to bring truth, and I thought of the Trump administration. And so here in the quietness of my Midwestern home, I got down on my knees on the floor, and I prayed for you by name, and I prayed for Trump and his administration, because I I want God to encourage your hearts, to strengthen you uh, with resolve for the battle, And I pray as the mother of four boys, believe me, I'm acquainted with the power of prayer. And there's nothing like having a praying mother on your side. And so I pray as a mother, I pray for my fellow Americans, because even the ones who are doing their worst are still my fellow Americans. And I may disagree strongly with their ideas, and I may work hard to see them defeated, but if I allow my heart to slide into hatred for them, then it will only entrap and ensnare me, and I refuse to let that happen. So well, first of all, let me, let me, let me, because I only have a few seconds. Let me just say something. I humbly thank you 
I believe in prayer. Um, Russia's announcement today makes me pray for him. Uh, it's not, you know, you worry about us taking these barbs or whatever. It's an honor for all of us to be able to do this every day. And I'll tell you, there are things worth fighting for. And the future of our country is one of them. And what some have done the last three years is beyond despicable, culminating in, you know, what will end on Thursday at 4 o'clock. 274 days, Rhonda. There you can pray for that, too. Remarkable is you now have uh, Republican senators coming in, out and saying, yes, the House proved its case. The House proved the corrupt scheme that they charged in the articles of impeachment. The president did withhold hundreds of millions of dollars from an ally to try to coerce that ally into helping him cheat in the next election. Uh, that's pretty remarkable when you now have uh, senators on both sides of the aisle admitting the House made its case. And the only question is, should the president be removed for office because he's been found guilty of these offenses. I think it's enormously important that the country understand exactly what this president did, and we have proved it. I also think it's important that the Senate take the next step, having found him guilty, if indeed that's what they have found, they need to remove him from office because he is threatening to still cheat in the next election by soliciting foreign interference. All right, there it is. I mean, it's just endless, never-ending, never-ending, nonstop fixation, lies, propaganda, misinformation, and that, of course, the congenital liar himself who's compromised in the case. The only guy we know that is colluding on tape with somebody he believes to be a Russian that has compromising material. What's the nature of the compromise? Uh, naked pics of Trump. Does Vladimir know? The only guy. It is the only guy that is on tape doing it. But he exonerates quid and pro and quo and Joe and zero experience Hunter. That is the breathtaking hypocrisy that is the Democratic Party today. That is now they they ought not and can never be rewarded for this type of behavior, because I'll tell you, if they are, it is it will be the biggest travesty of justice ever. Now, this this acquittal is real. It is spectacular. This was a failure from the get go. There's a I don't know the guy, a Georgetown law professor. His name uh, is uh, Randy Barnett. And he wrote this piece. It was devastating and about the articles of impeachment. And he pointed out that criticizing senators for rejecting the substance of the House case is different than criticizing them for not allowing the House to correct the deficits in the Senate's in the case in the Senate. That's not their job. Quote, they brought an incomplete case to the Senate. It's not the Senate's role to finish it. They are tasked with reviewing the evidence gathered by the House and making a judgment on whether or not to remove a president. Based on what I've seen with my own eyes these last few years, I am convinced that the USA would be very well served to intensely review every single case that Adam Schiff ever prosecuted. And wow. And Lindsey Graham, by the way, agrees with that that sentiment here. You know, did he orchestrate the whole scheme now? You know, what role did he and his office play in all of this? I, because look at what he's now done to the country twice because he lied for three years on Russia, Russia. Remember when Devin Nunes, he said Devin Nunes didn't tell the truth. The Nunes memo, everything Nunes put out was true and accurate and confirmed by the inspector general. Everything that Schiff said about, oh, no, no, the, 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 he, he stood up 
for the dossier as credible and said, no, no, it was not the basis of the entire FISA applications. He's lied spectacularly again and again and again. And at some point here, um, I would say that we need to know whether or not this guy in his office, the congenital liar in his office, coordinated with the whistleblower to create a case of impeachment against the president. And as this professor says, I would go as, as so far as to say he may belong in jail. Not only distracted the country, he has created further division between Americans. I find Schiff to be a malevolent, dishonest figure. And it goes on from there. Anyway, we have with us uh, the Republican whip, our good friend, Congressman Steve Scalise, Louisiana. You know, I have not asked you in a long time. I, I need to take a minute. I know that your recovery has been long when you got shot in the ball field that day. Um, I know you faced other surgery since then. How are you doing? Hey, Sean. Uh, great to be back with you. And, and appreciate it. I'm doing really well. Uh, in fact, my New Year's resolution in 2019 was to end the year not having to use my crutches anymore. And uh, starting in January, I've been walking without a crutch. So uh, God has been good, and the uh, recovery keeps going well. Still doing physical therapy, but uh, getting better every day. Well, and I'll never forget one year later that incredible play you made. Well, you're playing second base. <laughs> wow. It was amazing. Uh, all right. So, I, look, I think this professor from Georgetown has a really interesting point, and you know, Pelosi is now warning, we'll see what we do next after Trump's acquitted and, and saying his impeachment lawyer should be disbarred. There's something so ugly and twisted about about this temper tantrum now that has gone on three years. Yeah, it's been disgraceful. It's been such a personal political vendetta, Sean. And, and that's been clear from the beginning. This was never a search for truth. In fact, they hid the truth. They wouldn't let us bring the witnesses we wanted who could clearly contradict their narrative, the false narrative that Adam Schiff and so many others said. But even with their witnesses, we took their witnesses one at a time, and they were asked under oath, can you name an impeachable offense? Not one. Uh, was there bribery? No, was their answer under oath. And yet they still moved forward because their radical left base wanted to impeach him since the day he took office. And I think everybody has seen that through this trial, the, the kind of the personal seething hatred they have for him. And as President Trump has pointed out, it's not just President Trump they're going after. These are the millions and millions of people, the hardworking men and women who have been left behind by Washington, people in both parties, that this president has fought for and delivered for time and time again. That's who they really are going after. And President Trump is not letting it get him down. And he keeps doing his job, keeps focusing on what he needs to do to deliver for those people. And, uh, and I think that's why he's going to get reelected in 2020 in a few months. Well, that's why the ultimate jury speaks in 274 days. I, you know, and, and whatever satisfied, well, he's impeached. That's forever. We stuck impeachment on his, you know, I'm like, uh, nobody well, so really cares, Nancy. Too, I mean, because we know where. What? Well, he will he will end up going down as is one of only two presidents in history to be acquitted with a majority vote of the Senate. And so the acquittal will be forever, too. If Pelosi did this just to try to put something on him or to put a skin on her wall so that she could go home to a radical base who who said, we won't let you be speaker unless you impeach him. And that with the AOCs of the world, you can go back and look at their tweets. They bullied and threatened Pelosi into doing this. And that's why they did it. Not because there were facts. Uh, the phone call, everybody's read the phone transcript. And Zelensky himself said there was no pressure. The foreign minister of Ukraine said they got the money. There was never pressure. Uh, Trump did, by the way, more than Obama and Biden ever did to help Ukraine. 
I never heard them calling for helping Ukraine back when Obama was president, when he said, no, I won't sell you javelin missiles to stand up to Russia. Trump stood up for Ukraine, stood up to Russia. He's the one who delivered. Let me let me go. You know, we're still in the process. We had the inspector general report, Michael Horowitz. It confirmed nearly three long years, Congressman, of of digging deep, a deep dive on this program and unpeeling every layer of the onion. And yeah, it's all true. The the Espionage Act was violated. Yeah, she did delete subpoenaed emails and bleach bit. And yeah, Hillary played paid for a dirty Russian dossier that even the New York Times now refers to as likely Russian disinformation from the beginning. That became the bulk of information to deny an American of civil liberties and civil rights. That would be Carter Page. But more importantly, using Carter Page to spy on a campaign, the Trump campaign, then the Trump transition team, then the Trump presidency. And now we're looking into whether there was outsourcing of even further spying. And that will be in Durham's reign uh, under, I guess, I guess, under his umbrella. When that comes out, maybe in May, we never get to the bottom of it. When are we going to get to the bottom of a report, all the lies of Adam Schiff, starting with what he's done and said on Russia and ending with this colossal Ukrainian lie? Well, it would be the longest dossier we've ever seen. But you just go back to uh, the the initial Mueller report, the investigation, uh, and the whole time throughout 22 months and all of the 2,500 subpoenas, the whole time you heard Schiff saying, he had more, Sean, more than circumstantial evidence that the president colluded with Russia. And, of course, there was no colluding with Russia. The report comes out and shows that. And does Adam Schiff get held accountable by the mainstream media? Who in the mainstream media said, hey, Adam Schiff, show me what that evidence was that you had? Because clearly he didn't, he didn't see it. Mueller didn't see it because it didn't exist. And yet he was still given a free pass to go on to these other things. But the Durham report, to me, Sean, is going to be really important because that goes to the heart well, the Durham, unlike the Inspector the General Horowitz, Durham has the ability, his purview goes well beyond just the DOJ and the FBI. So in many ways, Horowitz was in a bubble, nor does he have the ability to convene a grand jury and indict. Now, he did make referrals against Comey and pay, uh, I guess, Comey and McCabe and others, but nothing ever comes of it. Why, you know, where's the equal justice under the law, Congressman? Yeah, there needs to be. And look, I mean, I, I have the full utmost respect for our intelligence agencies, but there were serious problems within those intelligence agencies, and we've already uncovered some of it. Devin Nunes, as you, you alluded to, started to expose this, and that were that there were people within those agencies that were using their badge, their privilege uh, as members of our intelligence agencies to carry out uh, their dislike of Donald Trump, to use, you know, as they called it, the insurance policy. Uh, when you When you have a badge, you check your political views at the door, and you're there to just carry out the laws and administer justice, and that's not what some of those people were doing, and it gives everybody else a black eye. And so I would hope that they go back and and name names and put people in jail who abused their power to try to literally take out a sitting president, at the time a candidate for president, and now to this day, still some that are using their positions of power to try to take out a sitting president just because they disagree with his views, not because he did anything wrong, but because he got elected in 2016 and they're scared to death because the Democrat field is so weak. I mean, even John Kerry, for goodness sake, is talking now about getting in the race. How, how much Joe Biden feel? He's got John Kerry as a surrogate out there. And Kerry is now talking at Joe Biden events about maybe getting in the race himself because their field is so weak. And Donald Trump's got done such a great job delivering. Yeah, That was very entertaining when he country. said not effing true. Then he said not true. Right. 
And, uh, except, he, uh, except he said it. <laughs> except apparently he said it because uh, apparently it was captured by other people. The Republicans in the House in particular, you know, I, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with Senator Mitt Romney, and I've made my opinions known and clear, and for whatever reason, he cannot get over that he doesn't like Donald Trump's style. And I think it's, I think it's connected directly to his loss in 2012. I may be wrong. But for the House, Republicans seem for the first time in many, many, many years like they're getting their backbone back. If you look, I you know how critical I have been over the years of Republicans. I'm not even a Republican. I can't stand the Republican Party because at times they are so weak. But my question to you is, am I right in my perception that it's changing and changing for the better? Sean, it really is. You know, and I've been so proud of, of how our conference has come together. And you know, within our, our Republican conference in the House, we have a lot of different factions, but all of the factions came together. And it's not only supporting President Trump's agenda. And look, we worked very hard to cut taxes. Even when Democrats said they were going to make it partisan, I said, hey, put me in the party that's for cutting people's taxes and making our country competitive. And it's worked. Uh, but then it's, it's all of the other things that this president's done, too. And then they go after him for it. They try to remove him from office uh, for for literally for following through on the promises because they don't want him to follow through on those promises. And so to see everybody sticking together, it's been, uh, I think it's been important. And it's, it's even some other senators have cited that in the trial. They said, you know, Lamar Alexander, you saw the other day, he cited uh, when he said he wasn't going to call for even more witnesses as he already had uh, over a dozen witnesses in, in everybody else that's given all this innuendo. He said, you know, the well, fact that it was a partisan impeachment that all the Republicans stuck together in the House. It's enough to, time for the Senate. I, to get I back think it's to the time for people. everybody in Washington to get a message. You know, you're there to be servants. Serve the people. What does it mean? Uh, when job. you have a waiter, you're job. a server. I was a server. I guess you don't say waiter, waitress, whatever. Server. Serve the people. And that means get them their drinks, get them their food on time. Ask them if they like more butter. Can I get you something else with that? That's what politicians never do and certainly the president's keeping his promises i respect it and i appreciate it and the country's better off uh democrats do nothing but hate the president if republicans will learn from what the president is doing i think it's good politics but more importantly it's fulfilling a promise to the people they are to serve so steve right. scalise glad you're doing better president in the face of this never stop doing his job uh, ever still every day goes to work and he cares about those people the blue-collar men and women who are forgotten by Washington, President Trump is standing up and delivering real results for them. We all need to be there with him. And those people that don't want this for the country, they've got an opportunity in November to go make their case with whatever socialist comes out of the Democrat primary. I'm here in Iowa on behalf of the president's campaign. We're going to be putting up a strong united front tonight at the caucuses throughout Iowa. And I think you're going yeah, to hear Meadows beginning. and Jordan are there, too. Have fun. Yeah, all right, yeah, Steve Scalise. Me, all, of us. all right, Steve Scalise, the House um, Republican whip, 800-941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox. Yep. Democratic establishment trying to rip off Bernie again. We'll have all the details. It's Iowa caucus night. The collapse of the latest hoax of the Democrats. We have uh, Lawrence Jones is in Iowa tonight. We'll get to them. Bill Hemmer is there. Our reporters are on the ground there. Also commentary, Eric Trump, Carl Rove, Ari Fleischer, Sarah Sanders, Matt Gates, Chad Pergram, and Mike Huckabee. We'll load it up. Tonight at 9, we'll see you then. Many prayers for Rush. And he says we'll be back Thursday, and we will be back here tomorrow. We'll see you tonight at 9.